Hey, what's going on? How's your summer? I hope it's going good. Hope you're getting out there, get some beach time. You know, when you're on that beach, you should get a book. So you don't have to stare at your kids the whole time. You can actually let the lifeguards do that. That's what they're there for. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. Don't take parental advice from me. Anyway, it's Small Town Scuttlebutt, another episode. We're talking about book club, okay? We're talking about our favorite books. Not our favorite books, but the books that we would recommend for a summertime read, which is something we should all be doing, right? Because reading makes you wicked smart. Okay, so are you ready to do this? We're hanging. This episode of Small Town Scuttlebutt is brought to you in part by... APC Pest Control. For all your pest control needs, I'd, I'd go, you know what, instead of just smacking an ant with your sandal, just call the pros, okay? It'll clean up the mess and it'll prevent it from happening again. All right, APC Pest Control. And also by our friends over at Royal Pizza. Royal Pizza has the freshest ingredients at the best prices. Go check them out. Buy any four pizzas, get a fifth pizza, equal or lesser value. Tell them Rick sent you. Small Town Scuttlebots. Yeah, I just wanted to wait till the furnace went off. <laughs> it's like Freddy Krueger's basement in here. <laughs> I sound insulated to a point, but yeah, like the thing is like. <laughs> hey guys, what's going on? Today we're going to talk about literature. Let's yes, literature. Literature. <laughs> Let's, let's refine yeah. our uh, content a little bit. Yes, and, we're getting uh, away from dog poop wars. <laughs> I know. Yeah, like you know what? You're going to be sitting on a beach at any day now. You might be sitting on a beach right now. I hope you are listening mm. to this episode. Uh, and you know, it's going to all good things come to an end, Liz. Even mm. this episode will have an end. And then when that happens, what are these scuttlebuds out there going to be doing? They're going to have to pick up a book and read it. Right? That's right. Okay, so we've got a couple of things we'd like to talk share books we like mm-hmm. books that we've read and uh we'd like to give you our, our little our take on it and maybe you know maybe you'll you'll be interested if you're looking for something to read i'm always looking for something yeah to read. i feel like at least maybe once every couple of weeks there's a facebook post like hey give me your your book recommendations looking for a new book so i think everyone's always looking for something new to read a new author to be introduced to i love if i find an author i like i basically do like a binge on that author Ooh. and i will read like everything they've written and mm-hmm. then i'll be like okay i need a new author <laughs> yeah you really get an idea of their style exactly and, yeah you, um, you get hooked yeah yeah sure mm-hmm. all right so uh what do you say we just hop into books yeah are you reading anything right now like is there a book you're reading yes um i am almost done and i can't remember the title of it of course but it's an uh, it's one of the authors i've been like binging her name's carla kovach she's a british author she writes a book series that focuses on this um detective inspector gina hart and her her team that go out and solve these um pretty gruesome crimes um in Clevesford. Yeah. You are <laughs> reading true crime. Okay. This isn't true crime. It's made up crime. So not okay. only do I love true crime, I love made up crime too. Yeah, sure. Um and I lent I've probably read eight of her books. I lent one of them to my friend Christy. She got halfway through it and she goes, This book is giving me nightmares, Liz. You need to take it back and 
don't lend me anything ever again. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a stomach for that stuff. You do, you do. And I typically, so I'm a nerd at heart. Mm -hmm. I've always loved reading. Like, in fact, when my sisters and I were younger, we'd be like playing in our playroom in the house. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, I'm going to go to my room and read. And they'd be like, later, dork. You know, I've just always really enjoyed it. Loved babysitters so Club, Sweet Valley High. Yeah. Oh my God. My sister was into all mm-hmm. that. Loved, loved, loved. Now, conversely, when I was a kid, I hated reading. Yeah. Hated yeah. It. If the bookmobile came along, uh, this is in the eighties. You know, we're like five, ten years removed from stages of Vietnam War. So I would go into the bookmobile. I'd go to the history section. I'd find Vietnam and World War II books. And just buy them, and I learned so much about. It. But I just, I was a kid. I thought mm-hmm. guns, war, war so, yeah, being a soldier, being in the military, you know, tanks, mm-hmm. jets, all this stuff was just it, it resonated with me. And that's so I would find books with lots of photographs in it, <laughs> but I would read every caption, and I learned a lot. So that actually is is reading. That was actually oh yeah, a, that was a, a reading win. Right. But if my parents are like, you need to read three books this summer, they were always going to be choose your own adventure books. Yes. Because you can <laughs> skip pages. It's like if you think that Frank should go into the cave, go to page seven. If you yep. think he should run home and tell his mom, go to last page. Yeah. I'm like, last page. <laughs> yeah, go home, Frank. <laughs> the story is going to be so much more cooler, I'm sure, if he goes in the cave. But right. I just want to be done. Mom, done. You know? Yes. Yeah. I always, and it's hard. And, and now as a parent, I would. Brady, my little guy that's leaving fifth grade, and he loves to read. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never have to ask him, you know, hey, you should really, have you done your reading tonight? You should really do your reading. Like, he loves to go to the library. He yeah. he just genuinely loves it. Avery, I don't even know if she can read. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, she just is not 100% not interested in it. Will, who's going to be a sophomore in the fall, used to love reading as well. Like, ran through all the choose your own adventure books ran i mean we had a bazillion books that you know then we passed down to brady i can't get him to read anything now that isn't you know okay you have to read this for school so last summer before he entered his freshman year he had to choose one book out of like 20 to read he chose kobe bryant's biography Mm. i think he got maybe halfway through it and then it was like whatever really and i was like come on dude like yeah um so, yeah, it's hard. And I'm not one of those parents that's like, okay, like, you have to do your 30 minutes of reading. Like, there's so many battles. And I I should be. That's laziness on my part. There's so, But there's so many battles you fight as a parent that I'm going to choose mine wisely. And me falling on my sword to get them to read something is not one of them. Like, I do feel like eventually they'll... They'll find they'll find what they love, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be me forcing them to read something. You know? Okay, so I think I can help Will here. <laughs> First of all, I hearken back to the wise comments from the the words of wisdom from Jim James, owner of Park mm-hmm. Street Books. He says, "It's not the kids don't like to read; they just haven't found the right book." I, then I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. I do, and I, I think do. I know what the right book is. It's not like earth shattering, but your son. He's a boy going into 10th grade. Yep. J.D. Salinger, Catcher in the Rye. Oh. You're welcome. He's going to read it. It's going to be goddamn and this and that. It's right. going to be full of a kid with piss and vinegar. He's Can you even like, find that book these days? It was one of the most banned books in the country for some time. I have it. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it to you on the way out. Like, he, he, 
And he'll also be encouraged by the fact that it's like 220 pages. Yeah, it's that's It's not true. a big book. It's you know what he actually did love? He had to read, and it was one of my favorite books, To Kill a Mockingbird. He liked um, that, huh? He did. He liked it a lot and talked about it a lot yeah. um, and did really well writing his essay. He just, I don't, he just really enjoyed the Atticus Finch character. I think part of him does want to be a lawyer when he grows up, and so okay. that was... You know, he. I think he gravitated towards that that character. But no, I agree. I think he just has to find what he likes. But he's not motivated to find anything yeah. either. You know, he's a fifteen year old boy. So yeah, yeah. maybe magazines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sports or, stuff. Listen to me, like yeah, okay. Gen X magazines. Right. Like go to the mag. Go to the news periodicals. Stand. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it's all online. I don't know. So what? Are you, what are you currently reading? Well, do you want to? I, I just yeah. finished a book. I have a stack of books here. I have five. You have three. So if I go mm-hmm. first, we can yeah, go back and forth. And the last one I picked because we both love it. Yes. So we'll talk about that. I'll put that one aside. But I just fit. So remember when I went out to Las Vegas mm-hmm. to the convention uh, regarding podcasting? Yes. And the keynote speaker was Stephen A. Smith from ESPN fame. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the guy you've seen. Him, okay. Right? Yep. So he's uh, he, he references the book that he just wrote, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to read this book. This guy, like I'm, I'm all about comedy. Find the funny. Yep. You know, uh, I live by the mantra by uh, what Stephen Mar- Steve Martin says, which is always look for the joke. Yes. You know? And if there's one guy who's not always looking for the joke, it would be this guy. Right. I remember you telling me about he him is that he's all just business. all business. <laughs> he is all business all the time. He's a workaholic. Mm-hmm. And he's very serious. He talks like this, makes declarative statements about <laughs> trivial sports very issues. Yes, yes. But he's uh, he he achieves. He's an alpha, mm-hmm. and he's uh, he's kind of the man. So I'm like, I'm gonna get this book. I'm I could probably learn from mm-hmm. someone with this ethic, this work ethic he's got, and also he's a black guy who's made it to the top. He's from Hollis, Queens. Oh wow! So he lived like Run DMC. Run DMC, his his brothers were friends with, with those guys. Nice. And uh, also LL Cool J. Yep. Yep. So pretty interesting uh, neighborhood. It's so funny that a, a, a small little neighborhood in one borough of mm. a big city produced so much talent. Yeah. And in, in, at the same time, like, that's just a, co- a coincidental kind of thing probably. Yeah. Right? I mean, I think that's pretty close to the birthplace of hip hop. So, yeah, sure. you know, yep. not that Stephen A. Smith had anything to do with that, but. No, no, um. <laughs> no. So uh, let me just say this. So I wrote a couple notes down here. The main theme here is learning from his mistakes. And that, that's a great message is sometimes he's too apologetic in it, which I'm surprised by because <laughs> this guy is the guy that says what he says and he leaves it alone. And that's for you. People either love this guy or hate this guy. and He so, knows that. That's part of his brand. So you do know? you think, like, yeah, so that's his ex, like external brand is I'm unapologetic, unapologetic. I'm going to say what I say and that's that. Yep. But maybe behind the scenes, the real guy is someone a little softer maybe? Well, he's working for Disney. And, okay. he's a, and he's a businessman. Yep. And he wants to continue working. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes he realizes he he concedes that he has stepped over the mm-hmm. line or didn't his 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 take on something was irresponsible. One of them, do you remember Ray Rice? Yes. The NFL the, football player that, that clocked his girlfriend in the yep, elevator, dragged her out of the elevator, yep. and was more concerned about looking for security cameras mm-hmm. than you know waking her up or getting her help. Yep. He made a comment. Regarding that, that uh, this is one of the first um, issues that he points out where Mm -hmm. he's like, whoop, I screwed up. He says, this is what he said on the air. 
on uh, first take was was his show that he did with Skip Bayless. It was a debate show, so you're supposed to oh, just okay. go at it, you know. And you have to like say something, and you have to not agree, right? You have right. to have a different take that's debatable, or else it's just a big a show conversation. about yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> So like, there's never an excuse to put your hands on a woman. At the same time, we also have to make sure that we learn as much as we can about elements of provocation. Mm. Okay, that's not, that doesn't sound great, right? Bitch was asking for it. Is that basically <laughs> what he's saying? <laughs> no, that's right. Well, that's what it sounds like, right. right? That's not what he means. Not that there's real provocation, but the elements of provocation, you've got to make sure that you address them because we've got to do what we can try to and prevent the situation from happening in any way. And I don't think that's broached enough is all I'm saying. No point of blame. What he's trying to say is what his point was. Like, it's... He regrets using the word provocation yeah, yeah, and leaning into yeah. that. What he later said and atoned for was the fact that he wasn't making himself clear enough by saying, if there's a guy, he's a hothead, he's a threat, you need to see the warning signs. You need to get out of there. Get Right. That, that's really what he was trying to say. And the world came down on him and he yeah. got suspended and all this stuff. And... uh he, he really apologized for it. But what I wish he would do, and I'm surprised that he doesn't, I guess it's because he's working, but uh, working for the man, right? Mm-hmm. But he should have been like, no, 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 let me be clear. Like, let me rephrase that. But he doesn't get the chance to well, do that. Well, yeah, because he's working I mean? for a huge corporation that said, we will write you a statement and you will read it. Otherwise, you're fired. Yes. Yep. All <laughs> right. So let's hear. Let's, what's on Liz's yes. summer reading list? I'm so, intrigued. Yeah. So when uh, you mentioned this topic, I wanted to bring some suggestions from different genres mm-hmm. that I happen to like. Um, the first is what I call historical fiction. Mm-hmm. And it's a book called Pillars of the Earth, written by Ken Follett, who is ranked as one of the top historical fiction authors in the world. So I yeah. don't know if you've read anything by him. But this book, it's like a thousand a thousand pages. It is. It's it's heavy duty. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll just give you a little description. The Pillars of the Earth tells the story of Philip, prior of Kingsbridge, a devout and resourceful monk driven to build the greatest Gothic cathedral the world has known. Of Tom, the mason who becomes his architect, a man divided in his soul. Of the beautiful, elusive Lady Aliena, haunted by a secret shame and of a struggle between good and evil that will turn church against state and brother against brother. A spellbinding epic tale of ambition, anarchy, and absolute power set against the sprawling medieval canvas of 12th century England. This is Ken Follett's historical masterpiece. And it really is. Like mm-hmm. the, the whole book revolves around the building of this cathedral and all the different people involved in it. And it was one of the, it's it's actually a part of a trilogy, the first book of a trilogy. But when it ended, I was so upset. Because I felt like I was emotionally invested in these characters from the 12th century. It was just like, you just wanted more. You wanted the Mm -hmm. story to keep going. Um, It was actually also a miniseries on stars, which I watched. And they did an awesome job really being true to the book. So if you're looking for something like super meaty and that sort of historical fiction is in your wheelhouse, I would totally, totally recommend it. Pillars of the Earth, it's called. It's really fortunate when you feel that way at the end of a book. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm like, oh, 20 more pages to go. I, I can get through this. Yes. Rarely do I bail on a book. That, I, yeah. I, I, I can't. I'm like, I'm going to make myself do it. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Some people say you should just jump ship. Get no, I can't it. do it either. It's yeah. like I'm in it to win it at this point. Yeah, but conversely, when you're coming, cl- when you're getting down to like 100 pages, you start getting like almost like anxious. Like, yep. oh, no. Oh, no. Don't <laughs> leave me. Yes. <laughs> this book called Meet Me in Another Life by oh. Catriona Silvey. 
is an international bestseller. Okay, I picked this up at uh, at the bookstore, and I want to read a uh, review on Goodreads about it. Okay, all right. Got five stars. Why the hell did I read this book? <laughs> None of the genres typically appeal to me: romance, fantasy, LGBT. This legit has all the signs of chiclet. Yet, for some reason, fate put this book in my hands, and I highly recommend it. The sci-fi element was highly intriguing. The descriptions of Clone were crisp, and the characters were amazing. And the author of that review was me. <laughs> <laughs> that is my review of this so book. So, did you wait? Did you buy that in an airport? No. Oh. No, I, I, I actually mm -hmm. saw it, mm -hmm. uh, and I went back. I, it, it bugged me that I didn't buy it, and I made a special trip to go buy no it. No way. What was yes. it about you that when you walked away, what stuck with you that you had to go back and get it? The element that, that intrigues me about this is this mm -hmm. whole concept of uh, the unknown about what happens after you die. Mm -hmm. Like, what happens? Right. Like, I, I'm, I'm Roman Catholic. I'd like to believe that there's a higher power that takes mm -hmm. a, you into an eternal kingdom, right? Yep. Some people go, well, that's just a fantasy. You know, we're all just dust to dust, ash to ash. It's all over. And we're just a conscious that just, that's a horrible thing, way to go. I mean, yeah. like, like, I don't know. I mean, if that's, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a sad, sad way to go through life. Yeah, but a lot, people, a lot of people are like that. A lot of people are like that. But that's what faith is, right? Yes. So, but this book, it's these two, this man and woman, mm -hmm. reconnect life after life in the same place, at the same time, at Aww. some point in their and, but they come in in different forms, like, or different relationships. So they're not always in a romantic relationship. No. Okay. The first time they recall, they are in a romantic relationship. But mm -hmm. it's teacher-student, it's neighbors, it's coworkers, or whatever. But there's something about them, and they get it. They realize it. They understand that mm -hmm. you're, you're the, you, oh, my God, this is a, happening again. And they try to break it. Uh, they try to break the cycle. It's too painful. It's yep. too much. It's, it's like, it's very it's, intense. It's intense. And uh, the twist at the end is like, holy shit. Like, you, it's understood what happens. And, and I, mm -hmm. I, I want to tell you, but I can't. You got yeah. to read the book. No, that's fascinating. It is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Is it chick lick? None of my buddies are talking about this right, around right, the right. fire pit. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and this is definitely a deviation from my normal. This book stands out as the odd book yep. in my collection, in my bookshelves. Yeah. So I will sort of related to that. Mm -hmm. I did read a nonfiction book a few years ago. A few years ago, called I think "Many Lives, Many Masters." I think that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. if, if that's not it, it's pretty close. Um, <laughs> and it's basically this psychologist um, was working with this patient who was just experiencing just so much trauma, or she just couldn't get over trauma, but she couldn't put her finger on what was causing her trauma and so they did this exercise where they really uncovered that she had been through some horrible things in previous lives so the whole book was basically based on the lives that we have lived previously bring trauma to our present kind mm -hmm. of so it's a somewhat related to what that book is about but mm -hmm. um and and there was one element where someone who was who abused her maybe in the past was 
a coworker in the present, that type of thing, you know, yeah, it's like sure. weird. So mm-hmm. sort of along those same lines. Okay. So yes. Interesting. But the interesting thing is the end where it's like, oh. okay. Cause like it's getting to that point. Like they're trying mm-hmm. they're, every time they, they don't want to do it anymore. They're like, yep. I'm done with it. We had a romance like 18 times ago. Then right. you were my teacher. Then I, now I'm a, the LGBT thing. One time she's a lesbian. That's mm-hmm. all. It's not like it goes into any deeper, anything deeper than that. But so yeah. were you like reading it? To try to figure out, like, oh my god, are they going to break the cycle at the end? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's like well, <laughs> I need I want, to know. Well, what was great is there's going to be a theory revealed on what our afterlife, yeah, what 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 what's happening, what happens to our conscious when we die, that energy, that mm-hmm. you know, yep. like yep. that that thing that makes our body moves and, and mm-hmm. that energy, where's it go? What happens? Yeah, and we're going to find out. This author has an idea. Mm-hmm. They put it into a book. I'd like to take this thought experiment for a walk you know so i loved it i really did oh awesome i think it's a great beach read i think women would absolutely love it i think guys like me with an open mind would be very pleasantly surprised oh i love that so meet me in another life catriona sylvie give it a whirl and i'd love to hear your reviews you can tell (laughs) me i wasted your time or you can you thank me later i don't know i'd be interested in that Hey, it's summertime, and maybe you've got some unintended guests. No, I'm not talking about your mother-in-law. Yuck, yuck. What? No, I'm talking about hate piece. I'm talking about bugs, right? Bugs. Bugs bug me. I've said this before. They got to go, all right? What are you going to do? Hunt them all down yourself? You don't even know what you're doing. So why don't you call the pros at APC Pest and Termite Control? They're pleased to offer a comprehensive service plan, to meet your year-round pest control needs. They're fully insured and licensed. They've got these technicians that are ready to keep your home safe from carpenter ants, all crawling insects, mice, yellow jackets, hornets, and wasps. They gotta go. Call APC Pest and Termite Control or check them out online at apcpest.com. All right, time to make some dinner, only I don't want to make dinner and the wife is away, so I'm in charge. I'm calling Royal Pizza. Okay, they've been doing this pizza thing since 1962. Don't make me do the math. It's going to hurt my brain, but that's a long time. That's longer than I've been around on this planet. Royal Pizza knows what they're doing, and they've got some great offers. Okay, this should tantalize you. This should wet the palate. How about you buy any four pizzas and get a fifth pizza of equal or lesser value absolutely free? Or, you know, buy any three large Royal subs. Get $2 off. There's others you'd have to find out by going to royalpizza.com. All right. So, again, as we've discussed, I love true crime and I love fake crime. So, in the (laughs) suburban thriller category, which is where I spend most of my time, Mm -hmm. um, author Lisa Jewell, who I highly, highly recommend. I've read, I think, absolutely everything she's written. This book in particular is called Then She Was Gone. And the way she writes is, you know, she's weaving sort of this spider web of a story where you think you know where it's going and then it doesn't and you think you know who did it and then you're just caught off guard. And when it's wrapped up at the end, you're like, holy shit, I didn't see that coming. So then she was gone. It's about Ellie Mack, who was the perfect daughter, 15, the youngest of three, beloved by parents, friends, teachers, and half of a teenaged golden couple. She was days away from an idyllic post-exam summer vacation with her whole life ahead of her. And then she was gone. 
Present day, her mother, Laurel Mack, is trying to put her life back together. It's been 10 years since her daughter disappeared, seven years since her marriage ended, and only months since the last clue in Ellie's case was unearthed. Laurel meets an unexpectedly charming man in a cafe, and no one is more surprised than she at how quickly their flirtation develops into something deeper. And before she knows it, she's meeting Floyd's daughters, and his youngest, Poppy, takes Laurel's breath away. Because looking at Poppy is like looking at Ellie. And now the unanswered questions she's tried so hard to put to rest begin to haunt Laurel anew. Where did Ellie go? Did she really run away from home, as the police have long suspected? Or was there a more sinister reason for her disappearance? Who is Floyd, really? And why does his daughter remind Laurel so viscerally of her own missing girl? So, again, I would highly recommend that or anything by Lisa Jewell if you like Lucy Foley or Megan Miranda or Riley Sager. Um, this all fits under sort of that same genre. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to pass on that. Are you into, like, female authors? Not necessarily. No. I just, for whatever reason, the books that I tend to enjoy. The true are, crime are, kind are, of the, stuff. Yeah, they tend to be written by women. That makes sense because predominantly yes. <laughs> the author is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. All right. I have another one here. This one, file well, this one under nonfiction. By Neil deGrasse Tyson, Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives oh. on Civilization. I like Neil deGrasse Tyson, but I don't think I could get through a book he's written. I think you could. You th- really? Have you ever tried it's, it? I've not. I've not. <laughs> All right. He's a nerd. Yes. He's a nerd. In fact, a former college wrestler. No, no kidding. Yes. Really? Yeah, I think Division One too. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just want to show you this picture uh, on the back of the jacket. Like, he leads into his nerdiness. Look at that vest. Oh, my God. He's wearing a white shirt, black pants, and a vest with, like, stars and moons and things on it. Very uh, astrological. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's leaning into it like he's a supermodel. I love it. It's very funny. Uh, My uncle actually knows this guy. Yeah, my uncle is uh, the chief engineer, or was the chief engineer at the um, Natural History Museum in New York, where this guy works at the planetarium. So Very cool. um, he says he's a unique individual. He's very mm-hmm. eccentric guy. He's so smart. So yes. smart. Yeah. You know what I love about this story? First of all. So, yeah, what is this particular book about? Okay, this book, everybody should read it. Everyone has an opinion. Everybody has their biases. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their preconceived notions. Everybody believes in certain tropes and not others. It's just the human condition. Mm-hmm. You can't say, not me. No, that's not true. Okay? So, book jacket right here. I'll just read quickly. In a time when our political and cultural views feel more polarized than ever, Tyson provides a much-needed antidote to so much of what divides us while making a passionate case for the twin chariots of enlightenment, a cosmic perspective, and the rationality of science. Okay, so this is what the guy is doing. He's going through all the things in civilization, mm-hmm. and he does these awesome thought experiments. Like, what, what would aliens, a civilization from another planet, think of us like, uh-huh. like look at us what are we doing how are we treating each other what would they think of us and he takes these things for a walk um just one particular thing he does that's really interesting which kind of talks about how fast technology advancement in science is happening is you take someone from 30 years ago and bring them today the world's unrecognizable to them yeah and you're like yeah but it's just 30 years i was around 30 years ago it all the internet was not around yeah. 30 years ago mm-hmm. just right there right off the bat but when you take 30-year increments in life, you go, the plane was invented, we just broke the speed of sound. Mm-hmm. You know, we broke the speed of sound, or uh, we are on the moon, you know. It's just amazing how 
you go 30 years in advance. So you think now it's 2023. What's going to happen in 2053? Yeah. What is the world going to be like? If we were to fast forward to 2053, do that thought experiment, what do you think? I mean, we, we're we on the verge of AI coming into yes. mainstream. Did he have any perspective on like what 30 years from now looks like? Oh, sure. He, he plays through a couple of different scenarios uh-huh. and, and probabilities. Uh, and some of them are, are, are not far-fetched, but he's like... I. He, he can't wait to see how this book ages. Yes, you yeah. Know? And so are like his predictions. He has these in, in the book. So I really think that, and if you're thinking, oh my God, this guy's an astrophysicist. I'm just an accountant. Right. <laughs> like I'm not going to keep up. No, you you can. I mean, the guy is, he's written it for just the, the common. lay person. Yes, yeah. It's like he wants to sell books, right? Yeah. So he's going <laughs> to write down to our, he's yeah. going to write down. And it's entertainment. It's like, it's edutainment. Mm-hmm, he's educating mm-hmm. you, and he's entertaining you. He's enlightening you, and uh, he's got a good sense of humor. I see. I want to be like, yes, that sounds awesome. I'm going to read it, mm-hmm. but I know I won't because <laughs> I know that if I did read it, I would enjoy it and walk away a smarter person, but sometimes I'm not interested in becoming a smarter person. <laughs> I just yeah, I want, like, I just, I want to just decompress and veg out a little bit, so mm-hmm. I think like a month ago... I joined uh, or I participated in this um, like virtual networking event that my company was holding and they had sort of they had a panel of four people from around the organization that there were they're considered leaders, not senior leadership, but leaders in their respective areas. And Mm -hmm. so one of the questions that they asked um, all the members of the panel, like, what are you reading and what? are you listening to? And everyone had very intellectual answers yes. about what they were reading and which what is, podcasts they listened to. By the way, which is 14 books ago. Right? Right now, right yes. now they're reading some kind of smut from Daniel right. Steele, but they right. won't say that. I know. So then we went into these breakout rooms so mm-hmm. we could interact with other colleagues and share sort of the same types of information. And I, so I was the first one to speak up, which I often am in these like little breakout scenarios because people get really uncomfortable and I'm fine breaking the ice. And I was like, well, I'm going to be totally candid right now. I don't read or listen to anything remotely intellectual because I spent my day <laughs> trying to be in, intellectual and everyone yeah. was like, oh my God, me either. So that made me feel better. But yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish, I, I wish I had more time really. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do have that free time, like for me, I just need to kind of shut it down. So well, I will rely on you to just provide me the synopsis of more intelligent books. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I push back and challenge you because you are a person who, uh, I think is, has curiosity very much so. Very and, much so. And you ponder and think, I'm sure, mm-hmm. like about stuff. Oh, yeah. About life, about purpose, about why is it the way, why why do things happen the way they do? Like, there's a better way. Mm-hmm. This, humanity is not firing on all cylinders. We, <laughs> can, do, we can do a lot better. <laughs> we can better. do better. <laughs> so why don't we? Yeah. You know, what are what are those hurdles? Why? What, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. It explores all that stuff. It's great. So that's Starry Messenger, Cosmic Perspectives on Civilization. And science is science. It's mm-hmm. like factual. It's, it's rooted in concrete evidence. And uh, he makes sense of the world and why we interact. You know, there's different races, different colors. Yeah. It's not, again, it's not a woke book. It's just how societies, you know. We're one race. Yeah. We're yeah. so divided. So divided. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. You got another one? I do. So my last one comes under the category of beach reads, which is also known as chiclet, you know, so really light, fluffy. Um, this author is Emily Giffen. So I think I've read everything by her as well. 
The title is called The Lies That Bind. And all our books like revolve around some like meet cute and will they, won't they, you know, that type of thing. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's 2 a.m. on a Saturday night in the spring of 2001. 28-year-old Cecily Gardner sits alone in a dive bar on New York's Lower East Side questioning her life, feeling lonesome and homesick for the Midwest and considering whether or not she made a terrible mistake breaking up with her long-term boyfriend, Matthew. As Cecily reaches for the phone to call him, she hears a guy on the bar stool next to her say, don't do it, you'll regret it. Something tells her to listen to him, and over the next several hours and shots of tequila, they forge an unlikely connection. That should be it, they both decide the next morning, as Cecily reminds herself of the perils of a rebound relationship. Moreover, the timing couldn't be worse. Grant is preparing to quit his job and move overseas. Yet despite all their obstacles, they can't seem to say goodbye, and for the first time in her carefully constructed life, Cecily follows her heart over her head. Then, Grant disappears in the chaos of 9-11. Fearing the worst, Cecily spots his face on a missing person poster and realizes she's not the only one searching for him. Her investigative reporting instincts kick into action as she vows to discover the truth. But the questions pile up fast. How well did she really know Grant? Did he ever really love her? And is it possible to love a man who isn't who he seemed to be? The Lies That Bind is a mesmerizing and emotionally resonant exploration of the never-ending search for love and truth in our relationships, careers, and deep within our hearts. So. so what I'm hearing is she's looking, it starts off, she's looking for her lost lover. Yeah. But then she's like, I'm going to find that two-time and son that's of a bitch. That's right. <laughs> okay. Grant, if that's your real name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's great. Um, my last book, Everything Reminds Me of Something, Advice, Answers, but no apologies. Adam Carolla. Oh, love it. A lot, he's been on Loveline with Dr. Yes. Drew. There's a radio show. It was an MTV television show. He's uh, had a podcast for a long time. They take questions and, from listeners, uh, emails, and they've... He, so what he's what it is is a uh, question posed to him, his answer. And um, there's one person who said, uh, who wrote to a... Um, to Post Hill Press, saying, I'm truly disgusted by the filthy language in this book. Just a few pages into the book, the profanity started. There should be a disclaimer for those of us who are offended, blah, 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 blah. She goes on this rant, right? His response to this. Oh, my God. It's just a microcosm of the whole thing, mm-hmm. his attitude. As a proud asshole, let me say, <laughs> fuck your delicate sensibilities. <laughs> <laughs> you do the thing I hate the most. Say, quote, I like humor as much as the next person, end quote, before you call for censorship and cancellation. You clearly have no sense of humor. I'm not going to apologize. Shitty times call for shitty language. I wrote that book in 2019 when things sucked and our society was going off a cliff. Ah! So that, that is the, that's what I want. I yes. want a guy to say, hey. This sucks. I'm calling you out. The government mm-hmm. sucks. This person's both full of shit. Yep. And no apologies. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't like it, don't read it. That's yeah. That's the that's the take there. So has he been an influence like on your comedy or more how you've approached the podcast? No, because my my com- my sense of humor was fostered like when I was young. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. So no, Adam Carolla. I like I like to hear him. He's got great insights. Very smart guy. Yes. You know, unapologetic and- as well, which is. What I love about him. Yes, exactly. All right. So uh, are we done here? Well, we have our our oh. collective favorite Nelson DeMille here. book. Yes, you and I have talked offline mm-hmm. about this book. We love yes. it so much. I've read it uh, twice. Yep. It's uh, great. Yeah. So and I'm, I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with Nelson DeMille. He's a pretty famous author. Um, if you haven't read anything by him, I would highly recommend it. And I think both Rick and I would recommend that you start with The Gold Coast, which for me... 
again, was like, I mean, it says it right here. It's captivating, addictive, and irresistible. <laughs> the Washington Post says that I couldn't say it any better than that. So mm-hmm. little synopsis here. Welcome to the fabled Gold Coast, that stretch on the North Shore of Long Island that once held the greatest concentration of wealth and power in America. Here, two men are destined for an explosive collision. John Sutter, Wall Street lawyer holding fast to a fading aristocratic ar- <laughs> holding fast to a fading aristocratic legacy, and Frank Bellarosa, the mafia don who seizes his piece of the staid and unprepared Gold Coast like a latter-day barbarian chief and draws Sutter and his regally beautiful wife Susan into his violent world. Told from Sutter's sardonic and often hilarious point of view and faced, or excuse me, and laced with sexual passion and suspense, the Gold Coast is Nelson DeMille's acclaimed story of friendship and seduction, love and betrayal. And yeah, I forgot that there is humor in this too. So as like crazy as it is and, you know, twist the twists and the turns and you don't know where it's going and the drama, this and that, there is a, there is some humor in there as well. Well, John Sutter is just, he is... The ultimate dude, like yes, just one point, like the IRS wants to take a sailboat, so he takes it out and sinks it. Yep, (laughs) (laughs) and then he swims back to shore, like at midnight. Right, just Mm -hmm. awesome. He's like he had this go fuck yourself attitude, and uh, (laughs) and, but also he married up. He married into that old money. Yep. So Susan's family, and I mean he's a Wall Street lawyer, Mm -hmm. so he's doing fine on himself. But he just married. Think of uh, the Gatsby era, right. right, on Long Island and these big estates. Opulent, like, yes. everything. So is he just, married up yeah. to that, right? And, Next level money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, being like just the, a Wall Street lawyer and his in laws still look down their nose at right. him. You know, like that's <laughs> that's what he married into, exactly. and, and he has to deal with that, and mm-hmm. he does it very, very, very well. Yes. So it's it. the Gold Coast by Nelson Demille. If you guys are looking for a good recommendation, I feel like we've given a lot of great recommendations. I mean. Folks are going to be busy this summer reading. <laughs> I, you know, somebody read one of the books. Yes, please, and I'm let gonna, us know. Yeah, I'm <laughs> going to list them on read. Instagram. I'm going to list them all, mm-hmm. title by title. Leave that sheet here sure. so I can put them, the title and the author on there, and um, and then we'll take responsibility for. Yeah, <laughs> let us know like if you love them or hate them. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's let's uh, wrap it up. Thank you guys as always for listening. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Small Town Scuttlebutt and go to smalltownscuttlebutt.com and send us an email. Let us know your thoughts, feedback, topic ideas. We'd love to hear from you guys. Um, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That's how people will find us. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. How about a round of applause for all of our sponsors? APC Pest and Termite Control, Larkin's Wine and Spirits, Mario's Lawn Care, Park Street Books, Perez Martial Arts, Royal Pizza, and Winslow Design.